So, uh, this is a side note. I decided uh, about halfway through this that I'm going to do it a little differently. I'm going to have two different uh, uh, episodes for this. One is going to be the the whole playthrough of me drawing the cards, me rolling the dice, you know, seeing all the the action that happens behind, and reading the entries as I write them. The other episode is just going to be, you know, a uh, uh, an intro and just straight through a read through of all the entries. That's how that's going to go. All right. So if you are listening to one or the other and you want the other one, then change it because you should listen to the one you want, not the one you're on because you're too lazy of a piece of shit to change. Life Pro Tip. Hero Rob. That one's free. Back to the episode. Alone forever. Hello and welcome to Hero Rob Forever Alone. Alone forever. One of the two. And uh, today I'm going to be playing English Eerie. Which describes itself as rural horror storytelling for one player. So basically, it uses a deck of cards, uh, <clears throat> separated, I believe, the four, five, six, and sevens of each suit, <clears throat> and uh, three gray ladies, which are three queens, into a, a custom deck here. <clears throat> And uh, there's a few scenarios that uh, it starts with um, uh, that are basically like story seeds, uh, sort of plot frames. And uh, you go through them one at a time. You draw a card, uh, describe sort of, uh, and then you write a journal entry based on what that happens. And, you know, different, uh, like, for instance, hearts means characters are harmed. Clubs means uh, a character obstructs my investigation or progress in some way. Diamonds means the environment itself obstructs me. Spades are a minor clue. And uh, what these mean specifically are different to uh, the scenarios. And when a gray lady comes out, it it ratchets up the tension and shit starts going fucking nuts. So, uh, I've decided that, uh, my name is, uh, Graham, uh, Fiddleford, Fiddleford, Graham Fiddleford, Fiddleford, Graham Fiddleford, I can say my own name, it's, uh, December 11th, 1978, actually, it's December 16th, oops, side note, uh, 1878, Oh, I wrote that down wrong. Yes, 1878, because the scenario we're doing takes place in 1878 is called Rattle of Chains. So it's going to be your, uh, uh, you know, archetypal uh, haunted house story. Basically, my dear uncle passed away, but he left me my the, his estate in Derbyshire. Derbyshire? 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 However you say that. I'm guessing I'm going to say Derbyshire. Uh, it's probably wrong, though. It's probably Derbyshire. I'm gonna say Derbyshire. Derbyshire. I'll probably go back and forth. 
And since I've lived in the middle of London my whole life, I've always wanted to see the serenity of the country. So within a month, I just packed up and left and start my new life. And uh, I had a small residence in London, fine for a single person, but uh, now I find myself alone in a vast eight-bedroom manor house. However, you soon find that you're less alone than you think. So the secondary characters in this scenario are Wilfred Batley, my driver who lives in the village down the hill. He's soft-spoken and religious. There's Emma Trotter, kindly baker from the village who delivers your bread in the morning. She may know more about the history of the manor than she lets on. Mary Tallow, my newly hired cook. She's young, uh, naive, and not the smartest tool in the box. I don't think that's the expression, but I take your meaning. Uh, and the chained spirit, a ghostly presence who can be heard shaking chains in the dead of night. And, uh, <clears throat> basically that's that. I've got spirit and, uh, resolve. I've decided that I've got four spirit, which represented I have here with four pennies. Uh, and six resolve, which I have here represented with six, uh, non-penny coins. So, basically, uh... These are the two attributes I have. Spirit is what I want to keep. Uh, if I have the more spirit I have by the end of the story, the better it works out for me in the end. Uh, resolve if are things I can spend during challenges to help my roles and stuff uh, to figure out what's going on. So, <clears throat> with that all taken care of and out of the way, I think uh, what I'm going to do is uh, draw a card. Uh, sort of uh, get a little brainstorming session going and then I'll stop recording I'll go off into a dark room light a candle and write that passage come back and uh, read it and then start over draw another card basically every uh, every journal entry takes place over the course of one day and uh, every uh, journal entry has two passages in it which are basically two cards Except the final gray lady, which will be at the very bottom of the deck, which has her own to whole diary entry, all all her own. That'll be super fucked and bad when that happens. So without uh, very much more ado, we'll start by the first flip. Four of hearts. Someone's harmed. So, uh, let's see. I think... Who gets harmed? Um, I think uh, my driver gets hurt um, on the way here. <laughs> it's probably, uh, uh, I mean, uh, my, my, my take uh, for this is uh, basically the, the, the <clears throat> purpose him getting hurt has to serve is it isolates me a little more. He's not going to be <clears throat> quite as reliable to get me in and out of uh, uh, my manor, which uh, I've uh, decided to call uh, Brookholm. Just uh, just now I decided that. So uh, I'll be right back. I'll write up the first passage for December 11th, 1878, where old Wilford Batley gets hurt. See you in a moment. 
December 16th, 1878. Though tragedy was only slimly averted, I am yet in high spirits. The drive from London was pleasant, with all manner of countryside pleasures to observe, as the last signs of city life faded behind us. Mr. Batley, the driver I've employed, arrived at my home and brought myself and my belongings to Brookholm. I was told that Derbyshire, the nearby village, is quaint, secluded, and relaxing. I have seen no evidence to the contrary. A baker, by the name of Miss Trotter, smiled sadly when I brought up my uncle's passing and refused payment for the bread and pies I purchased. I, of course, left the money when she was indisposed and removed myself. Poor Mr. Batley. As we approached Brookholm, he said the upper floors and roof needed repair. I chastised the servant for taking such a relaxed tongue around me and ordered the cart to be parked near the door. Poor, poor Mr. Batley. I heard a tremendous crash from outside as I directed young Miss Tallow, the only on-site servant who would be my cook, where to place my cargo. A large spike, like that of a battlement, had fallen and nearly crushed dear Mr. Batley. He took to his feet and said that he avoided the collapse altogether, but I noticed a discernible limp as he hurried to drive the empty vehicle back to his home. Alright, so, next card draw. Second passage of the first entry in the journal. It is a seven of diamonds. Diamonds mean environment obstructs us. So that's a seven. That's a pretty tough one. I'm going to spend one bit of... Uh, what the hell is it called? Not spirit, but... Uh, I'm going to spend one bit of uh, resolve... To add to my roll, so I got plus one to my D10 roll, and I gotta be get I gotta get seven or above, or else this is gonna be bad. That's a four, so I got a five. So uh, I'm gonna lose a spirit. Great, I'm already down to three spirit. This is gonna be a very bad ending for me. So the environment obstructs us. I think we've already seen a bit of that with the uh, part of the roof collapsing and falling off the top and trying almost crushing my driver here. So uh, something's going to happen there. I think it's going to have something to do with uh, uh, the the uh, architecture itself. Um, something's going to stop us. Probably have a problem with. Uh, Miss, uh, what's her name? Emma Trotter. Alright. I'm gonna go, as per the game recommends, to a darkened room with only a candle for light and, uh, write the second passage. Feeling pain for the scolding I gave to Mr. Batley, I advised Miss Tallow to take the rest of the night off, as I would not require cooking since I had purchased bread and pies earlier at Derbyshire. She was very grateful. Seeing her smile did much to relieve my guilt. But alas, I write this hungry and cold in my study. All of the wood in the furnace has gone wet and rotten, refusing to light. 
As I tried to get the fuel to burn, a blast of ash and soot shot from the smokestack, which covered my person as well as my planned meal. I believe I should away to bed. The snow falling outside the window is soothing my soul and satisfying me more than a meal in a warm bed ever could. So that's day one. Let's do uh, let's do another. This one's pretty short, actually. So, uh, passage two. I mean, uh, entry two, passage one. There we are. It is the six of spades. Six of spades is a minor clue. What kind of minor clue we get here? Um. Ooh, one of the suggested minor clues is the fireplace lights itself, which would be fucking perfect with the fact that I just happened to establish the fact that the fireplace and the furnace won't light. Nice. We'll say the furnace instead of the fireplace. The furnace and the stove and everything. Uh, so yeah, that's actually really good. Nice. December 17th, 1878. I must have been more successful in starting a fire in the furnace than I had thought, for I awoke this morning to a fine warmth and pleasantly heated home. Dressing and washing, I began to applaud Miss Tallow as I reached the kitchen, seeing the furnace ablaze. The fireplace in the foyer was also burning brightly. The strange thing was that Miss Tallow was nowhere to be found, when she arrived in the late morning, she claimed that nothing was her doing, as she had stayed with her ailing aunt in Derbyshire. I took a firm tone with Miss Tallow, and instructed that she is not to spend the night outside of Brookholm without my express permission. Alright, so, second part, uh, second passage in the second thing, the second uh, entry, Seven of Clubs. A character obstructs stuff. Okay. That's another seven. I'm going to spend a, a point of resolve to try and help me get this. So, it's a d10 plus one to, beat the, to get the seven or above. Yeah, seven! All right. I didn't need to spend that resolve. That's a little frightening. That's a little unfortunate. Alright, so, we still have three spirit then. We're down to four resolve, and we got a lot of days to go here. I'm gonna have a bad ending, that's for sure. But we got all our hard stuff out of the- hard rolls out of the way. Well, two of our hard rolls out of the way. So, a character obstructs. What's a character going to obstruct here? Uh... I got an idea. It's, uh, one of the recommendations is, uh... A character won't stop crying. I think that's the one we're gonna go with. I think that makes... I think I got an idea for that. Um... Yeah. Alright. Here we go to a darkened candlelit room to write the second passage of the second entry. 
I returned to my study to arrange my uncle's books into something resembling a rational and ordered structure. When I heard heavy weeping, and there were gasping sobs from Miss Tallow. I knew she had been hired on shortly before my uncle's passing, and was likely not accustomed to punishment. My uncle lived decidedly alone, until he was forced to have someone to prepare his meals, or he would starve. I swung open the door to the kitchen and shouted, See here, woman, you mustn't take chastisement, so... But stopped when I noticed Miss Tallow's surprised expression. Her hands were covered in flour, and she was certainly dry-faced. We both turned as we heard the retching, wheezing sobs from the cellar. Alright. Uh, passage... Uh, entry 3, Passage 1. Four of Clubs. Uh, another character is going to obstruct us. Okay. Another character is going to obstruct us. What's some things that uh, it's going to recommend? Ooh. One of them's character threatens to burn everything. I think we can use that. All right, to the candle-lit darkness. We're not going to the candle-lit darkness yet because we have to just figure out whether or not I'm going to pass this. I'm not going to spend a resolve. I think I can do this. This is only a four. I need to get a four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, a ten. Ten. All right, no spirit loss. Good. All right, now to the candle-lit darkness. December 18th, 1878. I awoke this morning to a banging at the front door. I originally assumed the whipping wind was beating the window shutters until I heard a woman's voice from outside. I rushed out and demanded my uninvited guest to explain the meaning of all this racket. I recognized Miss Trotter from her bakery. She was dressed only in her undergarments and her skin was cold enough that snowflakes stuck fast. She beat the door with her bare fists and screamed, Burn! Stoke the fires! Embers rain! Burn! Become the flame! I gave her a good smack and shouted, Damn it! Come to your senses! She seemed suddenly embarrassed and ran toward town. Alright, so... Third entry. Second passage. Bam! Four of diamonds. What we got for four of diamonds? Four of diamonds. The environment obstructs. What's some recommendations here for environmental obstacles? Um, let's see. A wine bottle flies out in your direction. Sounds pretty good. I think that's one more. Huh? I think we'll go with that. No. Let's say the door's locked when we try to go back in. Yeah. That's even better. 
So we got a roll. It's only a four, so I'm not gonna spend any resolve. I think we can fucking deal with it. Eight, yeah. We can deal with it and uh, don't have to uh, uh, lose any spirit. Didn't spend any resolve. So far, we're on track for a decent ending, but uh, we still got a lot left. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven more entries. So, back to the candlelit darkness of narrative. I turn to rush inside and get more properly dressed for the winter's night to catch Miss Trotter, only to find the door locked. I began to pound the door, not unlike the crazed Miss Trotter, and yell for my cook to awaken and allow me passage. I stopped when I heard the terrible gasping and weeping behind me. I felt breath upon the back of my neck. The breath bit more than the frigid December winds. But it was hot. I felt ice in my bowels and slowly turned to face the empty, dark road. The hinges creaked as the door opened behind me. It must have been frozen stuck, and my beating freed it. And the crying was surely the call of a fox. Surely. All right, entry four, passage one. Ooh, gray lady. Ooh, boy, this is going to be spoopy. This is going to be... The tension starts ratcheting up. There's a scratching at your chamber door. Hmm. This is going to be a good one. To the candlelit darkness. December 19th, 1878. My dreams last night were troubling. I cannot recall but images. There were sparkling stars falling from heaven. There was a fox with fiery red and orange fur. He stood firmly on my chest. He slowly drug his claws across my shirt with small grinding sounds. He looked in my eyes. He said... I awoke sweating. Not a cold sweat, but a sweat born of stifling heat. My God, the furnace must have been stoked like the flames of hell. That was when I noticed the small grinding scratches were still ongoing. Something was scratching at my chamber door. I started from bed. A sudden silence fell deafeningly. I held the handle of the door for several minutes before growing the nerve to open it. Darkness there, and nothing more. All right. Uh, fourth entry, second passage. Six of clubs. Six of clubs. Six of clubs is character is going to obstruct us. What are some recommendations here? 
think it's going to be I think I'm I'm gonna use most of these recommendations most of the time unless I got a really good idea. A character pleads you pleads with you not to go outside. Um I think it's gonna be Oh Miss Tallow. That's a six. That's gonna be pretty hard to roll. I'll spend I'll spend a resolve. Alright. Gotta get uh five or above now. Nine. Well, I wasted my resolve. Not necessary, but I still have three spirit left over. Still on track for a good ending. Oh, I forgot. We either have to spend a resolve or a spirit in order whenever we reveal Grey Lady, which we didn't do during the first passage of this uh, this one. So I'm gonna spend a spirit because I only have three resolve left, and there's gonna be some hard things I'm sure coming up. So I'm just gonna spend a spirit because lately I've been spending resolve and not losing spirit. So I'm actually going down to two spirit, three resolve now. I think I'll, I think I'll be fine. I think I'll be able to get secure a good ending still. So here we go into the candlelit darkness. Later today, I found myself lost in my thoughts often. Before dinner, I was in one of my dreamlike states, staring out the window of my study. Amidst the snowfall, I caught a glimpse of a fox. It bore a striking resemblance to the one from my dream. In a fury, I loaded a rifle and went to shoot it. Miss Tallow rushed ahead of me and fell to her knees in front of the door. She begged me not to leave Brookholm. There wasn't much sense in her cries, but she frequently referenced the clinking, burning chains, and that the foxes are not what they seem. I shoved her aside and went out into the twilight. I found that fox and shot it dead. I brought the carcass inside and ordered Miss Tallow to send for a taxidermist. I'll not be made fool of by a game beast. Alright, things are really starting to come together now. So, let's go to uh, Entry 5, Passage 1. Five of Diamonds. The environment is going to obstruct us. What's some, uh, what's some recommendations? Uh, the floorboards give way. Yes, that's not a bad one. Let's start with that. There we go. So it's back to the candlelit darkness. Not quite to the candlelit darkness. We gotta roll to see if we fuck this up. It's a five. I don't want to spend one of my resolve on it. That's a ten. So we don't lose spirit. Good. All right, now to the candlelit darkness.
December 20th, 1878. By God, this hurts. Nothing is going right. A blizzard has come in the night, and now the taxidermist cannot be sent for. There are times when I swear Miss Tallow is nowhere to be found, but there is no way to leave the premises as we are snowed in. To make matters worse, the fox must have been diseased, for it is decomposed at an unearthly rate. This afternoon I spotted a writhing maggot in its now empty eye socket and kicked at it in fear. It's been sitting on the foyer floor, for Miss Tallow refuses to touch it. When I kicked it, the floorboards gave way beneath it. The rot must have spread to the wood. My ankle gives me tremendous pain, and there's a hard, swollen knot the size of a crab apple on it. It was serendipitous, in a sense, as I found glowing embers beneath the floor and was able to douse them. That was likely why it's been so bloody hot the last few days. Alright, we're really shaping up into a story now. Fifth entry. Um, <clears throat> passage two. Six of diamonds. That's another environmental obstruction. Wine bottle flies out in your direction. I think I'm going to take that, but change it a little bit to make it more thematic and make sense. And this is a six. This is a six I got to roll. I'm going to spend, I'm going to spend two resolve. No, I'll just spend one. I'll be fine. I'll just spend one. One resolve trying to get this. Seven. I didn't need to spend the resolve. Still have two spirit left. Oh, boy. We're only halfway through the story, and we're down to two spirit, two resolve. This is not good. All right. Um. All right. Yeah. Back to the candlelit darkness. Nor is that the only harm that befell me today. As I limped to the wine rack in the cellar, strange that it's even hotter there, several of the corks shot off and flew into me. I sustained only a few bruises, but some of those vintages were priceless. I also remember the wine steaming like hot tea as it poured to the floor. I instructed Miss Tallow to clean up the mess and began to write this entry. Perhaps an early night will settle my spirits and my bad luck. Alright, we've started to ramp up here. It's time for entry six, passage one. What do we got? Wha-bam! Four of spades, a minor clue. With some of the example, I mean the clues that it wants for this particular story frame. Do 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 do. Translucent slime found on the cellar door handle. I don't know about that. Footsteps running through the halls in the night. I think we can work with that. I think we can try that. Let's try that. Alright, 
to the candlelit darkness. December 21st, 1878. I awoke sometime in the night. I was sweating so heavily that I opened a window. It did no good. Snow has been packed by wind into a rock-hard sheet of ice between the house and the outside. The ice began to melt into a puddle on the floor, but I do not care so long as it will eventually bring cool air inside. The knot on my ankle feels like a flame, and I can no longer put any weight on it at all. I've taken to bringing my uncle's ancient cane with me as I traverse. There was a rattling like that of chains when the wind picked up. I still do not know if I slept for hours or minutes. Perhaps even it is dawn and the ice-crusted windows let in no light. I cannot find Miss Tallow, but I hear her scrambling and running through the halls. She does not answer when I call to her. I did find a singed bit of meat hanging from the kitchen door. Perhaps Miss Tallow dropped it when cooking breakfast? Or is it lunchtime? Certainly it couldn't be evening in time for dinner yet, could it? Alright, I think it's obvious that <clears throat> old... Uh... Graham Fiddleford is starting to lose his grip here. Um, things that would be bothering him aren't, and uh, it's getting a little fucky. Uh, second passage of the fifth entry. Wait. It's actually the sixth entry, isn't it? Yeah. Second passage of the sixth entry, Six of Hearts, which is going to be a character is harmed. Uh-huh. I think that's pretty obvious where this is going. So, uh, back to the candlelit darkness. I'm just excited to get back in there and see what happens. All right, here we go. I did see Miss Tallow in the foyer, where the now desiccated fox corpse is. I slipped on my bad ankle and fell. When I looked up, she was gone. I swear she had a burn similarly shaped to the charred meat on the kitchen door. I have grown tired. I'll throw the blankets from my bed and try to sleep. This damnable heat... Alright, <clears throat> I really want to see where this is going. So this is going to be Entry 7, Passage 1. This has got to be a gray lady because, man, it's been too long since... It certainly is. Um, so, gray lady number 2. You witness an apparition of a woman hanging from the branch of the oak outside a window. Hmm, this could be interesting. Alright, might have to flavor that a little bit and change it up, change some of the details, but I think that could work. 
So back to the candlelit darkness. December 22nd, 1878. A hot wind blew. Ice on the window melted. It's so damned hot. I crawled out of bed. I stuck my head out of the window. The snow was falling. There was still a hot wind. A woman stood outside. No, she was hanging. God, how is it still so hot? She was hanging by the neck. An old oak tree held her up by its strong branches. A fox sat on its haunches below her. I thought I killed that wretch. That woman turned slowly in the hot breeze. The rope twisted. Her face was twisted as well, and it was blackened with soot. Snow landed on my face. It's hot snow. I looked into her charred eyes. I fell to the floor. There was no puddle where the ice had melted. Snowflakes stuck to my hands. I wiped them away and they smeared. They were ash. Okay, shit's getting intense. This is getting to be this is getting to be pretty sweet, I think. I like this game. This is a good game. Alright. Uh seventh entry. Second passage. Ba-bam! Seven of spades. Seven of spades. Spades is a minor clue. What's some of the recommendations here? Minor clue. Uh, f a map of under the manor is found. Uh, maybe. Maybe I can get that to work. Alright. Let's do that. Alright. Uh... Here we go, back to the candlelit darkness. I need to get higher. Too hot here. Even hotter below. Up and up on the roof. So hot. Ash falls from above constantly. I'm on the roof. It's a little cooler here. And there's a map, wedged and folded into the broken battlement that fell and nearly killed Mr. Batley. It is a map of the cellar here in the house. But what I know of the cellar is but a small portion. It seems that there's a door behind the wine bottles. Amidst the labyrinthine passages is... A room marked only as burning stroke kindling. Clearly something has gone wrong there. It's the only possible cause for the heat, and likely the fumes that are affecting my mind. I'll have to brave the heat and set this whole mess right again. Alright, there's that. I love how organically this sort of grew from spooky house to 
things with fire and then a theme of fire and heat and now we've got and it's sort of built into witch burning and we've got this whole thing that's going around and around and it's just you know naturally growing into this i don't know how much of that is just you know serendipity and how much of that is actually you know the game's mechanics and how it's well well developed but i don't know so now we're on to the eighth entry which is the third last entry wow uh, the eighth entry, first passage, should be December 23rd, right? Yep. Eighth entry, third passage, what do we got? Oops, it's a heart. I didn't see what the rest of it was. Uh, five of hearts. Hearts is character harmed. <laughs> well, I think at this point, they're dead. So... Uh, yeah, we're gonna go ahead and do character harmed. Let's see where that leads us. Back to the, uh, candlelit darkness. December 23rd, 1878. I've passed out and woken. I don't know how many times. It's still so damned hot. My brother passed out from heat exhaustion once. I think he did. Or did I read that somewhere? I've made it to the cellar. The stone walls are too hot to touch. I think it's the 23rd, but haven't been sure of the date for a long time. It took me an almighty effort to move the wine rack, but there was indeed a door behind it. I've tried to follow the map, but the ink is bleeding in the heat. I've found a body. I believe it to be Miss, Miss Trotter's, but it's too burned to be sure. I don't care anymore. I don't care what happens to anyone as long as I get out of this fucking heat. Okay, Graham Fiddleford, he's lost his fucking mind. Alright, eighth entry, second passage, seven of hearts. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh boy. Someone's gonna get hurt again. Well, I think I know who it is. Time to go back to the candlelit darkness. Hee 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 hee. found a door. I believe it leads to the cause of all this. It's too hot. I can't even move through the threshold because of a scorching vent of air. I found Miss Tallow. She was humming and dancing. I held her sticky red body between myself and the fiery gale. I watched her skin slough off like wax. She was only teeth and bones. Her lips were melted. She said something. Then she died. But I have made it. I am here at the epicenter.
All right. Second to last entry, first passage. Five of clubs. Clubs is a character obstructs. Well, there's only a character left that's uh, kind of ghostly that's left. I'll say only one. Uh-huh. Um, let's say... Okay, won't stop crying. We've already used that one. Locks you in the cellar. That could work. Oh, boy. This is going to get rough. Uh, let's see. Uh, five... Yeah, let's use a... I'm not sure what the last card is going to be, so I'm going to use a strain. Uh, not a strain. A resolve. Got to get four or higher. Five. Okay, we did it. So we still got two spirit left. Somehow. All right, here we go. Into the candlelit darkness. December 24th, 1878. It's Christmas tomorrow. Probably not. I've surely lost count. The room had roots, tree roots. Flames shot from them. Nooses, nooses hung from the ceiling. It's Christmas tomorrow. I doused the flames. No, I smothered them. With my clothes, with my body, it's out. No more fire. But it's still so fucking hot. I'm naked. Some bits of flesh are blackened. My ankle doesn't hurt. <laughs> I walked all the way back to the wine cellar, but the door is locked, locked, fucking locked. It's Christmas tomorrow. All I want for Christmas is out. The door is open. Thank you, Santa. Yep, old Graham's gone crazy. He's off the deep end. I mean, to be fair, he's been through a lot of shit. Uh, second to last entry. Second passage. Five of spades. Minor clue. Oh, boy. Uh, footsteps running through the halls in the night. Already had that one. Fireplace lights itself. Already had that one. Uh, map under the manor of under the manor is found. Already found. Already did that. A threat appears in blood on the walls. Okay, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> uh, time to go back to the candlelit darkness. is open. I walk up and out, still burning hot, so hot the door is open, all the doors are open. Blood on the wall, fox blood, fox blood in the foyer. It says what I think it says. I laugh, I sing, burn, stoke the fires, embers rain, burn, become the flame, and I read the bloody message aloud. Burn. Burn. 
All right. Yep. Huh? Might be able to get out of this alive. We definitely will. We've got two spirit left somehow. Okay. Uh, last entry, and it's all one card because it should be. Yep, Gray Lady. So let's see what the Gray Lady has to say for this story structure. Discover an ancient tomb under the foundations. There's something down there waiting for you, and it wants blood. I think we've already done that. Uh huh. So, uh, also, because I've got one or more spirit remaining, you scramble out of the tomb and into fresh air. The manor begins to crumble and flash, and in a flash it implodes, leaving nothing but a patch on the ground. Several months later, you are back in London, living in a small flat. Every now and again, you swear you see something standing over your bed, watching you sleep. Uh-huh. Alright, well... Uh, we're not gonna do exactly that, because it doesn't necessarily match up with the structure we... I mean, the, uh, with this, how the story has played out so far. So, uh... We're just going to uh, take that as a sort of inspiration and run with it. All right, back to the candlelit darkness for the final time. And uh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for doing listening to Hero Rob's Alone Forever. Bye. December 25th, 1878. Same day, next day, it's all the same. I stumble out the front door. There are foxes, hundreds of foxes, red and orange fur, moving like flames in the hot wind. Snow that isn't snow falls and sticks to them. They are all sitting. They are all watching. Their tails flick. They watch. I turn, and a woman is hanging. The noose wraps around her neck. It's tied somewhere above her, somewhere inside the house, somewhere in the ceiling. She says, burn. The house lights ablaze. Flames lick her. Burn. The foxes scream and gasp and weep. Burn. And I feel cold. A cold breeze. Snow. Real snow. I sleep. December 24th, 1879. It's Christmas tomorrow. I want to leave this bed. I want to walk. I want my legs. I want to never feel hot again. I want the doctor to stop saying frostbite. I want the dreams to stop. I want to stop seeing a fox crawl onto my chest. I want him to stop talking. I want to never hear that one word again. You know what he says. I want to not know. It's Christmas tomorrow, and all I want is out.